Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I am here with Susan. Hello, Susan. Hello there. And um, I think I'm going to get to, to stop doing the podcast trope. What does that mean? There's like a pod, there's a podcast trope where What's it's a, like yeah, um, where you always say like as always or something. I, I I did that a while ago and like I was like totally my thing and now I feel like every podcast does that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Every podcast does what? You're like oh, and with me as always is like blah 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 blah. Didn't didn't you just say that? Well, I'm gonna try and move away from it. The problem is is that it's so perfect. Well, what are you going to say instead? I don't know. That's the problem. There's like, like, it's such a perfect introduction and it so encompasses everything. It's just very, it's just very then, difficult. Then remember. what's wrong with it? It's trite. Everybody's doing it. Is that what trite means? I don't know what trope means. But mm. yeah, that's what trite means. I think that's what trite means. <laughs> Well, I'm not an English major, so don't ask me. Well, I'm not an English major either, so don't mm-hmm. ask me. Well, that was an interesting start to our podcast episode today, Guthrie. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> well, they might be listening to it at night. Hey, you know what? Good evening. It's April 11th, 2017, and when I woke up today, there was snow on my car. That is, Isn't that amazing? No. It's normal. I live. Well, in you Wisconsin. do live in Siberia, so no, it's... I live in Wisconsin, and oh, that's what happens in, in Wisconsin in the spring, which isn't really spring. Anyway, so, it, it has melted since then. You know where there's not snow? Chicago. No. Oh uh, well, that's yes, but also um, San Francisco, where we just were. By way of a segue. <laughs> so Guthrie and I, we just got back from San Francisco. Uh, when we were at the Habit Summit, where um, we taught two half-day workshops, and then I gave a keynote, yes, and uh, we thought we'd talk about that, t- that today, about the Habit Summit, about who was there, some of the things we heard that we thought were interesting. Yes, so uh, um, the Habit Summit is basically the um, the baby of a man named uh, near Eyal. Did I did I pronounce his name correctly? No, you did not. Uh, please correct me. It's a- near a- near Eyal. 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 Although it's kind of spelled Eyal, but he pronounces yes, it Eyal. Yes. Thank you. Um, and so he uh, he's a Stanford professor who has written a number of books, and he's I don't rather think he's famous. A, is he a Stanford professor? I don't think so. Okay. Well, you you how about because you know near near <laughs> you, you I mean I know near but you like know near so you talk about near I'm gonna go look to see if he's a Stanford. You professor. go look at him up. So near okay. all uh, is a wonderful uh, author. He, he wrote the book Hooked, and he's all about behavior design, and he has put on the Habit Summit. I believe this was the fourth year of the Habit Summit. And it's a great conference if you're looking for a conference to go to. Um, he had uh, uh, one day of uh, half-day workshops. I taught one, and he taught one, and then we swapped out, so we taught them twice in one day. 
And then he has a whole bunch of speakers for a day. So there were, I don't know, maybe like uh, 300, 400 people in attendance. I think he was pretty much sold out. And um, just just by the way. Yeah. I, uh, I mean. Yeah. I'm up. right. I'm right. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just right. He went to Stanford, and he's also taught various classes at Stanford. Oh, no, yeah, I, yeah. He, I don't. He's not a full-time. Stanford okay, professor. that's what I thought you meant. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I apologize, but I do remember him saying, um, talking about uh, at his class at Stanford. So. And we had him on a podcast episode. Do you remember that? Yes, Nier's. Yes, everyone likes Nier. Nier's great. Yeah. So he's a great speaker too. Anyway. Um, I thought we'd talk about some of the speakers. So, uh, Guthrie, um, I'll put you on the spot here. Were there any speakers that, you know, particularly that, that were like your favorites? Yeah, you. Oh, I didn't mean that, but that's very sweet. Besides me, the other speakers. Um, yeah, well, so... Uh, it, so the talk was kind of, yeah, it was in TED Talk format. So, the, so each speaker had about half an hour. Yeah. So it's a little, it's a little hard, especially because I mean, geez, I've done so much research in this field. You know. You mean behavioral economics? Yes. And behavioral design, yeah. Yes, I've done so much, um, and you have too. So it's tough in thirty minutes to hear something new. Uh, that's true. Although I did hear a few new things. Did you hear anything that was new? Oh yeah, I heard I heard a lot of new things. I just just in general, you know, yeah. it's like just because there are some overarching points. Yeah, and you're right. In a in a when you're in a when you're listening to talks that are twenty or thirty minutes long, they tend to be more at a slightly higher level, and so you are like to hear things you already know. If it's an hour-long talk, people are often getting into details that might be new. Although I did hear new things, but I understand Absolutely. what you're saying. Yeah, I heard lots of new things. Yeah. Just because it's, it is a field in which I am very well versed. Yeah. So so what would be like shocking research to some yeah. would make sense to me. Yeah. So I am a biased observer. I've also heard your talk too many times. times. Yeah. So, so yes. So with all that, all that said, um, basically, uh, I, I liked uh, I liked Gad. Everyone liked Gad. Yeah, this is, um, and I don't know if we're pronouncing his name right, so I, I apologize in advance to him. But this is a professor. Uh, where is he, professor? Where where does he teach? I'm trying to remember. I think he's in Canada. His name is Gad, Gad Saad. His last name is S-A-A-D. And he wrote a book called The Consuming Instinct. And his talk was, it, the title is, The Evolutionary and Biological Forces That Shape Consumer Behavior. And I agree that a lot of what he said was not necessarily new, but he was such a good speaker, very funny. I mean, yeah, I have to say, I'm like. Um, he was talking about sex. It was I, a lot. Of, it was it was very popular. He's talking about sex. Well, a lot. he was talking about attraction. Okay, sure. Um, Do you want to put it? There? I am like, uh, I'm like the the worst person as an audience member. 
Like, you don't want me in the audience. No, you really don't. I'm restless. I'm critical. Uh, I'm easily bored. And so the fact that he made me laugh out loud several times, that is pretty impressive. Um, so I just thought he was very good. Do it, anything from his talk that you want to mention that you thought was interesting? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, if there's anything in particular you added by I I will mention something. So he was talking about um, uh, research that I believe he did. I think it was his own research. Yeah, he has a lot of his own research. And uh, he was talking about online dating sites and you know you put up your profile and about they had he had done these experiments um with online profiles and he would take a guy and he would either change the background of the apartment that the guy was standing in um sometimes the picture showed the guy standing in an apartment that looked kind of not that great and sometimes it was like a really high-end fancy you know furnishings and a view of you know downtown LA or something with the lights and the, or and or he'd he'd manipulate the car so the guy would be standing next to a Porsche versus next to an old Honda and you know he'd be saying in the profile how much he loved his old Honda or how much he loved his Porsche and in in both instances either with the apartment or the car um, when women were asked to rate their memory of how tall he was he got the guy got taller or shorter depending on you know if he was in a high-end apartment or had a porsche his he got taller and if he was in a low-end apartment or and i'm not even Honda. sure it was their memory oh you mean as they were looking oh you're I think, right i think you're he right. just asked him to estimate height the, yes. he asked him to estimate height height wasn't part of the profile yeah and uh I just thought that was really yes. Also, really better funny. looking as well for the same they literally the him, same picture. Same picture, but he was better looking if he had the yeah. Porsche or it was in the nice. I apartment. have uh, one one thing, and we'll talk about this at some point in this podcast. Uh, one thing though, I I'm I'm slightly I'm slightly I think there might be some generational stuff going on. You just you just might have to to tweak it a little. Say more. Um, well, obviously, look, there's there's obviously some sort of... There are things you can put in a picture that will will make the guy appear more attractive, taller, better, blah, 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 due to his societal thing. Status. Status, yeah. Um, and I think, obviously, like, in front of a rich car is nice, but there is a... I think that might be kind of a generational thing at some point. I think you eventually get a point, uh, at least with younger people, where standing in front of a Porsche is kind of a dick move. Um, yeah. And, and, may, and maybe you, you yeah. just switch out the Porsche for, like, a Tesla or something. And yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you, I'm just, there are, uh, I, feel, I feel like just having a very powerful, loud red car may... may may not be the calling card that it was or maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe this is this will forever be true Um, and i and i yeah i don't know that would be a good experiment to do and i think he did say that the research was from a couple years ago oh Uh, i know the research wasn't that old but who but i don't you know who knows what it might be different but yeah so this so what constitutes status might change 
But I think his point, I think he would say, yeah, but the point is that whatever is considered high status makes oh, a guy, for sure. guy yes. appear taller. And I would, yeah. I would completely agree. Yeah, so we Gad. both liked um, Gad, Gad Saad, S-A-A-D. And uh, that that was interesting. Um, uh, should I talk about, so you brought up Gad. Should I bring up someone else who I thought was interesting? Go for it. Okay. So the next speaker I want to talk about was Gabe. Gabe, again, I'm really bad with the names. Zickerman. Z-I-C-H-E-R-M-A-N-N. Uh, do you remember Gabe? The uh, Not by name. You'll got to tell me. Oh, he was, he had this, I think he was the last speaker. Oh, um, okay. Yes, and he Gabe. has the, the, the startup website Onward. Gabe, uh, yes, Gabe was, Gabe was fun. Um, he was the last speaker after a long day. And I think the crowd really liked him. He swore a lot, and he was, again, also talking about sex. So th- very, very much things to keep the audience. So here is the lesson. If you want to be a really popular speaker and get to close conferences, you should talk about um, sex, and you should uh, drop a lot of F-bombs, right? And, but but it, it's, really, it's really just the energy that he brought. Yeah, he was very also a it's very like, good it's speaker. It's like I have yeah, I'm sure you you've been to concerts, and like there are, you know, right the the headliner is always the closing act, right? You have the you have the the the, the openers, and they're fine, but then you get hey, I have a question. What? When did the whole like openers and then a headliner? When when did that start? You mean at conferences? I'm talking about concerts, music concerts. Oh. Like that format where it's been like two openers for an oh hour and then like and then the he- headliner for an hour and a half. Like when did that, like I mean, how far back does that go? Oh, that goes really far back. I mean, it goes at least as far as vaudeville. And so it might weird. go back to, you know, Shakespeare or something. It's so I, strange. No, it's not. It makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. Why? Why would that? Like, out of all the things and formats that have changed over years, like that, like just like it's seemingly arbitrary setup when it comes to concerts. It's just like a staple and has never been touched. It's very weird. You got to warm up the crowd, and you have to keep them in their seats waiting for the headliner. Anyway, why? What? For, 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 for example. Yeah. In sports, there there is no there's no. There's it, it, just the head, main event. Yeah, why why isn't there just a main event? I don't understand why why you need. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just it's just it's just strange that this is that like only for music shows is this the thing? Like when you go when you go to see Hamilton on Broadway, there's not like two acts like mm-hmm. two, like a warm up thing. That's true. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's very weird. It's very weird. Um, so anyways, that's, that's a interesting thought. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe so, because they charge too much for the month, for the, to see the big band and the ba- big band only plays for like an hour. So they have to do something else. I don't that's, know. It's probably and, true. And they have to warm up the crowd. But maybe I don't, I don't but I don't, maybe I don't want, I mean, I, I, I can understand why it would work, but I can also understand like why it wouldn't work you know like anyways so um 
Gabe. Gabe. So sometimes, you know, you have the openers and it's fine. And then, like, the, the you know, the band you came to see, show, you, it, like, comes on stage. And, like, some bands, you know, they kind of do it and they're good. And some bands, they come out and they just bring the energy. Yeah. Like, like the crowd, you know, they've gone through, they've been standing around for two hours. They've gone through the openers. The openers were okay. One, maybe one of them you liked. And then you, like, stand around for a bunch more minutes. Like, oh, my God. Um, and then, like, and then the band, the, the, the main show comes on stage and they're just, like, ready to go. And you're like, all right, okay, cool. Um, and so he he being the last guy of the day, he he was he was almost, he was he was he was basically jumping around on stage. He was he was, just so he was pretty high energy, and and it was I mean, he also had an interesting topic, and you know he has this app. I guess you'd call it an app, A software program. program. called onward just started right um i didn't but the website's there and uh is it on uh, i know it's called onward how do you know the url to give to our listeners no i don't do you want me to look it up If, if you'd like Okay, well, look it up. You can hear me typing. So, what this, what Onward does, is, uh, boy, how are we gonna find it? Onward. Uh, I'll type in Gabe's name along with it. There we go. <clears throat> Here we go. So, yeah, you know, I was at this website. Why I can't find it? Here it is. It's called onward.org. That's why I couldn't find it. And it has a tagline, Achieve Tech Life Balance. So, and and that has another tagline. Wait, wait, wait. Before we do this, can we actually talk a little bit about Near? Sure what his because we because we really glossed over and i think that's very important well i was going to come back to near but yeah yeah i see what you're saying in order to talk about onward you kind of have to talk about near and the whole habit idea and yeah and what where near's coming from and and, all right all right let's back it up because yeah because when we had you know when we had near on i think he talked a little bit about his uh yeah, you need to go. You, you, I, I told you, you need to go re-listen to that episode where we came up with solutions to have yeah. for Facebook ethics. I know. Uh, when we when we were at the conference, we basically did the same thing all over again, and then um, and yeah, you, and and I was like, yeah, we are we already did this already, and you were like, what? All right, let's back it way up. So first, we're going to talk about near. Then we're going to talk about Gabe. All right, so. Nir Eyal wrote a book called Hooked, and it's a very good book, by the way, if you haven't read it, uh, you guys might want to check it out. And it's Nir's take on how to design uh, an app or software that is, um, you know, he would, he might say like, you know, habit forming or 
uh, I might say engaging and um, you know it, it, it draws on the science of habit formation and other things and uh, he wrote that book and he's given a lot of talks about how to design products that people want to use and want to come back and do again and again and when we had near on our episode we talked about that and then we got off on this tangent and we talked a lot about ethics because if you're going to talk about you know designing so that people want to use your product or people become hooked on your product you're going to eventually end up talking about ethics which we sometimes do and we've gotten to a long ethics talk on that we also had Blay Whitby on on a different episode talking about ethics as well if you recall and um, interestingly Nier has an idea and he when he gave his keynote at the Habit Summit last week his keynote was about kind of the opposite of hooked or as he would say unhooked you know how do you how do you become uh, uh, less addicted to technology and there was also you know in, in his talk and in several of the talks uh, a whole conversation about the even the use of the term addicted right because can you know can we really say that people are addicted to technology is that the same as being addicted to um, gambling or alcohol or drugs and there was a discussion of that um, I don't know if I'd say there's consensus. Can can we actually talk just very, 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 very briefly about addiction? Yeah. Um, so just so everyone, just to clear the record, um, you can be addicted to anything, uh, but there are physiological, sorry, maybe that's not the right word. There, there are addictions that um, are basically encouraged biologically, and then there are kind of psychological yeah there's cycles physical dependence is separate is a different thing so for so for i mean right so cigarettes is the classic version you your body naturally produces um nicotine uh or or the the receptors whatever i'm not exactly sure exactly the pathway but it's it's basically your body needs nicotine and makes it naturally when you smoke nicotine enters your bloodstream goes into your brain and satisfies those receptors you know it triggers those receptors so then your body doesn't make as much nicotine as it normally would or whatever the chemical is that triggers those receptors um and then when you don't smoke your body is like oh my god we need this we need to ingest this because we're not making as much as we usually do giving you a craving so there's there's like a biological cycle um and of course you know something like heroin is obviously the heroin has like a 90 like a, like a 98 percent addictive rate or something crazy um uh, yeah so there are yeah. there are substances that you 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 get a physical biological dependence upon yeah. and then there's there's things uh uh actions activities that you get a psychological dependence you, mm-hmm. you still get you can still get brain chemicals released mm-hmm. with them uh, gambling uh, sex um, uh, so they it, it's usually it, tied to something that you find pleasurable in some, yeah in so some you've ways. got the reward centers 
responding and and that's real it's not you know it's not like it's not real and the brain does change because of the addiction but it's not the same as a physical dependence so 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 there so there is some dispute as to the uh not the realness but yeah i mean i guess i guess it's kind of the 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 um how, if it, if it, if that's addiction, yeah, or if there's there a, needs to be two different words for yeah. it, right? One being like physical, like like addiction and dependence, or there's like you're right because because they're because they're different neurological yeah effects and, that manifest. And there's the there's you know disagreement about well, yes. what's addictive and what's not, and you know whether you should use that term when you're talking about. Uh, if it's not a physical dependence, or should you and use I, that term if it's if it's not even a psychological dependence? So right. if people say I'm addicted to using Twitter or Snapchat or well, Facebook, and I think and no more is it more powerful than so. So for example, if you look at if you so, so people can I think generally people accept that you can become addicted to gambling. There's or there there is like people understand that there is a category of people in this world yeah who uh, who just to, to very much a detriment of himself and Gabe had a whole thing about you know what addiction means and blah 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 um, like what's the definition and and that's mm-hmm. that's a whole thing uh, but there's yeah so I think people are pretty much on board with that I think people would say um, the one that. Uh, people really fight over is porn addiction um yeah because a lot of people just do not see that as a as a real thing that is that there's a there's a there's a definitely a split with some people saying um yes this is a real thing or no this is just like this, this like you can't you just can't become addicted to porn this is just like you just want to watch porn um whereas if you look at gambling and then slightly in a, in the more of a tech space if you look at um uh like people who play like like ga- like a uh, g- game of war a ton mm-hmm. um you know pe- people who are who are y- y- you can potentially become addicted to vi- certain video games mm-hmm. i think that's probably pretty real so I mean, and so I think that both near. I think you can tell me if you don't agree, but I think both near and Gabe wanted to talk about it, not necessarily as addiction, but in terms of, you know, are you uh, th- this term that Gabe has at the onward site, tech life balance? You know, are you engaging? Are you spending your time? Are you engaging in behaviors? that you feel are not in your best interest? Are you spending too much time doing, and for Gabe, it's too much time doing something online that, and you you wish you did, you did it less. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, fits in with this whole idea of a habit, right? So that if we don't call it an addiction, we can certainly call these things habits. And I think we've, I think many people listening have had the experience of, you know, you get up in the morning and you check your email and you, you know, at night before you go to bed, you check this and that, and it just becomes a habit. You just do it. 
uh, and you may not realize that you're doing it, you may not realize how much time you're spending. And this was a big, interestingly, you know, at, at the Habit Summit, which you would think that most of the conversation would be about how to get people hooked on your apps and products, which I think has been the a lot of the com- conversation in the in the past summits and was for part of this one. And I don't know, because this is the first one I've been to. But um, I a lot of the conversation this time, several of the speakers, either their entire talk or part of their talk, was about how to, as Nir would say, get unhooked. So Gabe has this uh, product that he put together. Um, I guess, I don't know, algorithms and bots and other things. And basically what you do with the product is you you give it permission to track your usage of particular apps and software, uh, is my understanding. Now, I haven't tried it, but uh, I think what I think you can tell it what to track, like track my use of Facebook, track my use of porn, track my use of, uh, you know, particular, particular websites and apps and products. And so it will then track how much, so first of all, it'll track how, how long you're, how often you, you use those products and how long you're on. And then it, it, uh, gives you notifications. It, it coaches you through, uh, you know, to let you, in addition to getting a readout, how long was I on Facebook? How many times did I do it? It'll catch you before you go on. And it, there's, there, it's, it can monitor somewhat your, you know, it'll ask you, how are you feeling? And if you say you're feeling anxious, it'll, you know, coach you to not go online because that's when you tend to go online and do X, Y, Z is when you're anxious. So it's, it's supposed to help you change your habits around using particular technology. And it, the thing he talked about in the in his talk was about porn. Um, I mean, but that's not the only thing that you can use it for. So, you know, it's cut to me, it's, it, it's interesting that, uh, you know, now first we create all these products that everybody wants to use, and now we start creating products to get us to stop using the products that we're using. It's an interesting idea, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, yeah, so, you know, the other thing that came up, and we talked about this some, I think, on the plane flying back to the Midwest, about also this idea that... Um, that people uh, feel like they, for work, they have to be, you know, available like day and night. Yeah. And who, what, do you remember which speaker it was that um, gave in her, in, I think it was one of the women. Yeah, it was definitely one of the women. It was, and it was early. Do you remember who it was that talked about the fact that that some company, see, this is how well I was paying attention. <laughs> There were there were a bunch of speakers, and you were you were worried about speaking yourself. Yeah, I, I had. I remembered more about the speakers that came after me. 
than the people that came before me because my whole chemical thing going on in my brain is different when I have to speak. Anyway, um, somebody <laughs> talked about uh, um, how there was some company that, you know, from the leadership on the top, they let it be, they decided to do an experiment. And the experiment was that one night a week, it was okay to not check your work email and do work texts and things like that one night a week and how and that was like a big deal it was a big deal that 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 the leadership at the company would let everyone know that one night a week they even had like a they had a you know a line and they were allowed to remind each other and and I I was shocked that like this was now hold on hold on how many nights a week do you work? I do. I work a lot, and I check my and and any any of our customers that are out there listening will know that they sometimes get an email from me at midnight and one in the morning, <laughs> and and so I do. But I own my own company, and I, I mean, I am yeah. Maybe I'm just like everybody else, but I'm. I don't know. It just surprised. But it's a, but I don't every night, and it's certainly okay to to not do it, and uh, I don't think I force you to do it. Do you feel like if you if you're not connected in a on a particular night that you're going to be in trouble at work, or you don't feel that? No, I don't. Because um, you, you work with me, and <laughs> we have our company. But I think I and I do remember when I before I had this particular incarnation of my business and I was working for someone else, I do remember feeling that I had to be, you know, available at 24 hours a day. So I understand that. But I guess I didn't realize it had gone as far as it, it's gone as far as it has, where people feel like it's not okay. You know, in, in some countries, I believe France... It's literally illegal to require that people be available after hours. Yeah, sure. Um, and in America, I guess it's it's normal. But so, something about that that conversation and that you know that whole thing about this amazing company that was doing one night a week made me realize how much this has been. You know, this is now entrenched in the U.S. Yeah, people. it really is. It and really I, is. I guess I didn't realize it was that common. Yeah, that's uh, that is a that's a that's a problem. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think uh, I I think if you want to work and you, for whatever reason, or you have to work for a particular week, or but for it to be like all the time, yeah. You know, just if we just if we had to pay people by the hour, it would stop immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the employers wouldn't want to well, pay Well, that for was it. actually, uh, that was one of the Obama rules and regs, was that if you, um, if you were a salary employee, you got overtime. Yeah. Because essentially, you know, the, the way it works, honestly, if you actually calculate out the hours, you know, people, you know, who are working these salaried positions you're essentially working for like, you know, $10 an hour or whatever, right? Because 
um, it, it's it's basically I, I, the argument goes is that especially for younger people who are getting jobs out of college, um, they give them a quote salaried position, unquote, and then they basically it's basically just a way for them to get them to work for a ton without having to pay overtime. Yeah, well, Nir said what he calculated, and he he was making as much as he did, like in summers. Uh, right. In college, working at the local taco place or something, right? Uh, so, was it a taco? What was it? Was it something was like it that? A taco place? I think it actually might have been a taco place. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, obviously, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's 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 a problem. Yeah. So that was. Uh, Gabe's talk was interesting. So I have a question. Would you ever use a, a software like Onward? Uh, I mean, probably not. I have the mental fortitude of a ninja. What does that mean? You mean you... you what, did, what do you mean by that? I, I, I just don't... I, I, okay, I'll back up. I, yes, I might, I might use a tool or two that would... If it would be useful to me. I... I be interested in using it just to see you know I think and he even made the point you know when he asked people how often he asked them how often were they you know well he was asking about porn but uh, people's estimates of how long they were how often and how long they were using some of the stuff was way off actually they were overestimating yes yes how much they really used although I also think that if you ask people you know, if people are no know, know they're being monitored, it might change their behavior. But I would be interested in in uh, just finding out whether my actual behavior matches what I think it does. It, uh, that, oh yeah, I, I yeah, that's why I said. Well, I could totally see um, there being a uh, some some sort of um, if there. It, I, Having having a way to do data and track data and then make you know and use it to my own benefit, I think could be could be useful. But it it would just have to it would have just have to be really good. Well, Sue, so I think this is a whole. I think this is a whole uh, area of richness that that has is being explored, but but isn't it certainly isn't tapped out. Fitness trackers. Right? Yeah. And it's the, the same the thing. Opening for so him. I think people are very interested in using technology to um, uh, track their own uh, body, mind, uh, activity, and, and bring transparency to what's going on in their life. Uh, and I think any apps that or any technology that lets you do that is right now is extremely popular and probably will continue for a while like you said as long as it's good i don't know you know it's a very interesting question about what <laughs> changes if you know those things and also um you know the next step which would be instead of just giving you the information it you know as we move into these um two-way brain computer interfaces right where you can uh, affect the brain or behavior. You know that'll be interesting. So 
not just does it tell you when you've been on Facebook too long, but does it actually like does something change in your brain, right? Mm-hmm. That that's the future. I'm I'm also interested in. But certainly this idea of making transparent your own behavior um, and your own physiology, uh, I think is going to just increase in, in popularity. So, you know, we should, you know, we should develop something. It'd be great to develop. <laughs> no, so I'm really serious. I'm always wanting to do this. Right? Uh, hey, I think I would definitely, we just need a couple million dollars. Uh, and some really smart engineers. Yeah. So uh, if there if there is anyone out there listening who has a spare couple of million dollars and a spare really good engineers, um, just call us up. They email us and tell us you you want to work on stuff. No, but I'm really serious. I'd love. To, for instance, I'm very interested in uh, you know mental states. It would be really interesting to. Uh, there are many devices that'll kind of you know put you in a. A meditative state kind of thing um, mm-hmm. but it would be interesting to to track that and notice when you're in a relaxed state versus a concentrating you know active prefrontal cortex state anyway that that's uh, I really interesting stuff I think um, all right so we talked about Gabe and we talked about near and we talked about Gad Saad Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, I really liked about the conference, and Nir mentioned that he has what's called the 50-50 pledge, which is he pledges that half of the speakers at the conference will be women and half will be men. And he, he's fulfilled that pledge. That, and that, I that, think that's that wonderful. And you had commented to me when he yeah. said that, that there have been times when we've been at a venue where I'm speaking and you know I'm the only woman or maybe there's two women out of you know 10 speakers Um, so I that was really nice so let's talk about some of the women that were there because so Mm -hmm. far we've just talked about the men Uh, well we talked I I was there obviously any any of the women you want to you want to mention that were speaking I, you you go for it. Yeah, well, there were several that we could talk about. So um, uh, Nandini Stocker was there, uh, S-T-O-C-K-E-R. Uh, and we she was at the dinner we were at the night before. And her talk was The Psychology of Designing Bots and Conversational User Interfaces. She's the conversation design lead at Google. And by this, uh, we don't mean just how to have a good conversation. Uh, her whole her whole thing is voice yeah, interfaces. Yeah, voice systems and voice yeah. interfaces. Talking to your computer. And um, she's just got a really deep, rich background in that, knows a lot about what works and what doesn't work. Um, didn't she, at dinner, didn't she show that one of the uh, interesting... I don't know if it's a bug or not, but you don't have to say, okay, Google to your phone. You can say, okay, boo-boo or something. Didn't she show that it was responding <laughs> to other things besides the word Google? All right, so poor Nandini, she did this wonderful talk, and now I'm just talking about one little 
silly thing she did at dinner. Um, but I've always been fascinated with voice interfaces for a long, long time. And yeah. so I, I was kind of interested in, you know, her take on, on where things are at. And, uh, you know, she, I think, feels somewhat the way I feel, which is there's the... <sighs> Because there's the engineering part of making, which which is obviously, especially Google, is a big, big part. Yeah, which of making interface and and it's amazing. They've done the 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 amount the 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 quality of it, of the voice recognition part. Is is really really great. It really it's all of that has been improving greatly and it took a really long time. I mean, <laughs> I no, I really cuz I've yeah. been, you know, and she even I think she, she's younger than me, I believe, but you know, she even said how long she's been waiting for this and I've been waiting for it even longer. And it, it, you know, we had the idea of talking to our computers all the way back probably when probably really got popular this idea of it when the original Star Trek series started, which was, when was that? Like in the 1970s, maybe? Yeah. Um, because I mean, they, people have been, well, people were talking to robots for forever. The idea that, that, a, that, a, that a robot, that, that, that a computer, it, the idea that basically a robot isn't a robot, it's just like a computer on wheels. I think yeah. that happened in, that happened earlier. But, but or this, like later. Sorry. But well just that you know, that it's gonna be like, you know like I can talk to Alexa now. You have an Alexa. Uh oh. I just said the word Alexa and Alexa's in the room. It's scary. And she might answer. Um yeah, I have an Alexa now. And it's 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 uh, interesting to have one. And um, I was talking to a student in one of my classes. Uh, I teach a class at University of Wisconsin, and she has one also. And we were talking about the fact of the as soon as you get it, like within a day or two, this tendency you have after you ask a question and it and she answers to say thank you. Yeah. And I and I don't have that tendency when I'm in front of my desktop or my laptop, or my phone or my tablet. Uh, but you, you have that tendency. But so we've come a really long way, you know, in in this. But it took a very very long time. And and we and uh, Nandini's talk. Part of what she talked about was we just don't realize all the assumptions when we have conversations with people, all the context of the conversation, you know? Um, I'm Just all the, so, I mean, it took a long time for, f to be able to deal with the algorithms of, you know, if you say something like next Tuesday, you know? Um, and, and, and the context of how, when we have a conversation with another person, all that context is just, you know, understood. And that's been tough to program mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was uh, an interesting talk. So 
So that was Nandini's uh, stalker. She's going to be talking at uh, Google I.O. in a couple months. And they have, like, oh, yeah. Account. Yeah, she is. Um, uh, she works what at Google. El- what, what else was going on? There were there were there were uh, a lot of a lot of very, um, I had a lot of uh, very good uh, female speakers there. Anyone else you want to mention? I I'm letting I'm letting you. You're letting me. I'm letting uh, you talk take about the, the wheel. women. Um, okay, I'll mention Irene. Oh, ow. I, I, it really bothers me that I don't know how to pronounce anybody's name that was at this conference. Um, Irene uh, is uh, at Kosla <laughs> Ventures, K-H-O-S-L-A. And she used to be head of design at Google, and she used to be head of design at Yahoo, and she used to be <laughs> head of design at Udacity. So she's got a pretty pretty interesting resume um and she talked about design in general i guess i would say um i mean she was talking about like coco chanel who i know guthrie being the being the titan of being so knowledgeable about women's clothing fashions it sounds like you from no i was talking about you oh neither of us neither of us is knowledgeable about women's clothing fashions right i mean we're not i'm not yeah but she did mention and and there's something i actually hadn't thought about you know so coco chanel who uh I guess kind of revolutionized the women's clothing back in the oh 1940s 1950s I you think are 60s. so over we are in such deep water right, right. now but we I do in, in, but I want to mention this because I hadn't thought about this but before all right when, you may not know this but any woman over the age of 30 is probably going to be familiar with the phrase the little black dress no everyone is familiar with that they are yes okay that's not yeah that's not the idea that you know in your wardrobe you must have a very simple but elegant black dress that's that is not that's not new that's from coco chanel because before i mean i know that okay because before then you know women tended to wear complicated and you know frilly and 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 so she kind of she kind of freed up um freed up that idea and and it was it, it's a minimalist design idea which irene was kind of tying into not just clothing design but then you know product design and so i thought that was kind of it was it was an, i she's a very good speaker uh it was a very well-crafted hmm. talk with uh, video and lots of great photos. And, of course, I'm sitting there, you know, evaluating everybody's slides. Right. And you and I have a disagreement about slides for conferences. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. 
All right. Anything? Anything else about the conference that you want to bring up? Any anything that you thought was memorable about the conference in general? Um, you know, this is it's so interesting because the whole the whole behavioral economics thing is just it's getting it's getting so hot right now. Yeah. So hot right now. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, uh, that's 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 a good thing. And I want to uh, I want to do a little plug here for all the wonderful people who came to our workshops. So we had two half day workshops, one right after another, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, with same workshop, different people. We had what eighty eighty five people in each one. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. amazing. Just amazing. And smart these are product designers and product managers that that might have been the biggest workshop i think we may have given no i gave a long time ago i used to do workshops with a hundred people in them but recently that's the biggest we've given mm. biggest and I've, I've been in yeah people were really i mean amazing questions and it was and, it was uh it was a very crammed day because it was two oh, half days in one so you either yeah. started with near we started with you yeah if you went to near's workshop in the morning yeah, and you came to us yeah, in you're, the get, afternoon. you're getting your money's worth of information oh i think they were they, yeah their brains had to have been aching but they did a, everyone did a really good job i mean they were all engaged and you know still with me at the you know end of the day when they'd been in workshops all day and um i thought everyone was really good so i just want to say if you were if you're listening and you were at our workshop um thank you uh, we enjoyed doing the workshops so yeah it's a good conference now uh near has just now moved to new york he moved like three days after the conference, but he says he's still going to put it on in San Francisco area next year. So if you guys are listening, you should look for it. I think it's a good conference. And uh, I don't know if we're going to be back as a speaker or anything, but even if we're not, you could, someone could still go, right? Mm-hmm. So Guthrie, any, uh, um, uh, again, I'll put you on the spot here. Uh, do you have any, when you go to conferences like that, do you come away with any, uh, you know, takeaways, something you're going to work on or do differently or? Um, I think, I think it just generally enhances my understanding and information. Yeah. So you didn't come away saying, okay, here's what I want to work on well, as a result of having been at the conference. I don't know. I didn't go in with that desire. Well, I don't go in with it, but I always get ideas when I come out. Yeah, like I said, I I got ideas. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, I that's I like I learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I I I wasn't looking to change my life or the way I do things. Well, I'm never looking to do that, but I always come away with, I have a list, which of course I'm going to share with you before too long, because you're involved in making some of these things happen. Right. So, uh, I hate to tell you, but I do have a list, so you'll, you'll get to, you'll get to hear about my list in the next couple of days. 
Um, so that's uh, that's what we did in our next, and we have a whole bunch of conferences coming up. I don't know when people are listening to this, but um, we're going to be in Ann Arbor in uh, just short of two weeks, and mm-hmm. um, that Stop. is. Uh, we're going. We're going to do a bunch, doing a bunch of stuff in Sweden. Yeah. So um, if you if you are listening to this in real time, so these things haven't happened in the past, uh, the user. Internet Experience Conference Ann Arbor, Michigan on April uh oh April twenty what what's the date? Fourth? That's right. Twenty fourth and twenty fifth. We're doing a half day it kinda workshop. Doesn't matter. It's Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, half day workshop and we're doing a keynote. So if you're in the Ann Arbor area or you want to come visit with us, that's a it's a small conference. You know, it's not huge, but it's a really nice one. I've been there before, not for a couple of years. And then we're going to be in uh, Sweden. Any of you who are listening over there, we're doing three workshops um, in three different cities. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be in Paris get, doing a talk at a conference there. So uh, lots of opportunities to come meet uh, with us, which we always like meeting people. So show up at one of these, right? That's right. All right, Guthrie, we've managed to uh, while away another hour, as mm. we always do. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not going to do the opening thing about and with me, I, I, does that mean are you, you're not going to do the closing thing? Guthrie, where can people reach us? Info at theteamw.com or just go to the team, theteamw.com. Yeah. It's, we have all of our things, things and yeah. stuff, stuff and things, cool yeah. stuff. And, thanks. Uh, uh, thanks, Guthrie, and thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we will talk to you. Soon. When When are we going to talk to everyone? In, next week. Next week? Sure. Well, we'll, we'll try. Um, yeah, and I uh, hope everyone has a really, really, really great week. Thank you, Susan. Bye. Bye.